2: And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your spring training home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, and you can find us by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about baseball for Bleed Cubby Blue, and I am ridiculously excited for today's episode.
2: Hi guys, I'm Andy Cruz Vanasek, and I have a confession. I am addicted to TikTok. <laughs> Didn't you say last <laughs> week that you're like not on TikTok? I'm not, and now I'm really all in on TikTok. I'm like not even just oh following the cuts anymore. I'm like following lots of people, and it's really scary.
1: <laughs> okay, well, we're totally gonna get in to the TikTok thing as we go on <laughs> I'm here. Sorry, yeah, that
2: was such a cliffhanger. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Because last week you were all like,
1: no, I don't know about this TikTok thing, and I'm not sure about puppy content and whatever. But we'll we'll, we'll come back to that. I, I'm super excited today, not because of TikTok. I'm excited because by far the biggest story of the Cubs offseason, this side of hiring David Ross, has been the launch of Marquee Network. And we are so thrilled to have a special guest here today to take us behind the scenes of that a bit. If you've been watching Marquee Network or you've been watching the Cubs on MLB Network or anywhere else, you have seen Taylor McGregor, who is the field reporter for the Chicago Cubs. She comes to Chicago from the Rockies, and she's joining
0: us today. Taylor, we're so excited to have you. Guys, I am so excited to be on. I have a confession. I've never done TikTok. (laughs) No. I know. I know. Taylor. It's really sad. I know I've seen so many people do it and I keep telling myself I'll do it. And I just haven't gotten to the point yet. So it's pretty, it's pretty sad. And I was a little nervous to admit it, but I just have to be truthful with you guys.
2: Listen, just don't get sucked in like me. Just follow like one thing (laughs) or two (laughs) things. Don't follow like
0: 70 in your first two days because you will never get off of it. It's horrible. Yeah. See that's that's my problem is I know I would just become addicted, kind of like Instagram and Twitter. You know, it's like it sucks you in, and it, there's just no going back. So, so maybe I shouldn't get on it because yeah, I I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I need to focus on other things right now. Uh, yeah, I was
2: I was gonna say. Well, I'm gonna jump right in with our first question because in an effort to get to know Taylor better, we the listeners like to hear um, things about your baseball, how baseball became a love of yours. So. In true CCB nature, we want to know what was your first or favorite baseball memory or what drove you to love baseball? And just give us an idea of, of where that comes from for you.
0: Yeah. So for those who don't know, I grew up in a baseball family. My dad was the president of the Rockies growing up. And so I had a really up close and personal look at the game. And so I think from an early age, a very early age, probably, you know, kindergarten, let's give it that. I I got to know baseball and my first exposure was just being around so many people who are involved in it. So I kind of learned it through osmosis, right? I was just around it, and I kind of just got thrown in. And then I think when I really knew that I had a weird obsession with baseball was when the Rockies went to the World Series in 2007. And I had never experienced postseason baseball and you guys know what that's like. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is just, how can that not bring you in as a fan? And so that's kind of where my love for the game just took on an entirely new height. Um, and it was just so much fun to experience the city of Denver coming together for that, what it meant to my family, what it meant to so many other people's families and, you know, just seeing, baseball on a national stage, um, that was probably kind of the the moment, or I guess it was about a month, you know, all October, um, that I was like, man, this is awesome. I always knew it was cool, and I was around it so much that I was kind of forced to like it, but I think that 2007 World Series is when I really elevated my fandom and my love for the game to a whole new level. So were you a Rockies fan then? I, I mean, was did you grow yep. up a Rockies fan? I did, yeah. Um actually funny story though, so my, because of my dad, I obviously was a fan of Rockies, but in seventh grade I did a book report on Ernie Banks. And so <sighs> I had a like, yes. I had a Yay! I had a Cubs hat. So, in all throughout high school, I had this Cubs hat sit in, in my room for when I did the presentation, and so it was so funny because people would come over and be like, "Why do you have a Cubs hat in your room?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm actually a fan of Ernie Banks, so I guess I'm a fan of the Cubs." And, and my dad actually loved it. He, you know, he encouraged me to just love the game, and and I think when you're a fan of the game, you grow up a fan of the story franchises like the Cubs and. Like the Yankees and the Red Sox, the Dodgers from afar, because there's been so much history there. And and in Colorado, we just didn't have that. It's a franchise that's only 27 years old. And so that was a really long answer, but the roundabout is yes, I didn't grow up a Rockies fan, but I kind of had a little bit of cubby in me from, from middle school. Well, I you know,
2: asked that and I don't want people to to wonder why I asked that because it, it's a very obvious answer to some, but I asked that because, you know, as a kid, if something is, I don't want to say shoved down your throat, but if your parents are doing something so much, sometimes you take the rebellious route and decide you're going to go a whole nother <laughs> direction. So that's kind of the reason why I asked that. I'm just kind of putting myself in your shoes and like, you know, my dad is the president of the Rockies and hey, you know, I might like the Padres, you know what I mean? So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and that and that's totally my personality too—to be opposite of my family. But my dad, um, he did such a good job, like I said, of just challenging us to to be our own selves. And I think that 2007 World Series did it for me. Like that—that that for me, it was nothing that my family was doing. That for me was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome, and really kind of why I was a Rockies fan. So, so I'm glad you asked that question because I'm—that co- is my personality. Once some, you know everybody goes here and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go the other way. (laughs) So that's awesome.
1: Ernie Banks is such an interesting player. I actually loved the marquee documentary on him. I think they called it more than a cub. It was one of the first things I got to see. And I was just, I thought they did such a good job or more than Mr. Cub. I think I, they did such a good job with it. And he's such an institution in this town and means so much to everybody. So I think our fans and our listeners are going to (laughs) love that you were writing middle school book reports on Mr. Cub, who is enshrined forever with a statue outside Wrigley Field. That leads me to a slightly different question though. So it's a huge decision to make a career move like this, to jump from the Colorado Rockies, my second favorite MLB Twitter account, by the way, um, <laughs> where you've got I'll family the connections. Team, you said that. Oh my gosh. I, so when the Cubs played the Rockies in the wildcard game, I, I know a couple yes. of the other people who write for Purple Row, which is the SB Nation Rocky site. So we're kind of yes. just doing some soup, some fun, good natured back and forth. But you know, I I like added the Rockies and kind of tweeted at them, not expecting anything, and they responded right away. They were so playful and fun, and <laughs> they're really good. I became good. a, I became a Rockies fan when they were playing the Brewers because, of course, I did. I love it.
0: I know, I know. And in last last season, it was so funny the amount of Cardinals fans who became Rockies fans that last series of the oh, yeah. of the year because they needed us or the Rockies to beat the Brewers, so. Yeah, it's funny. I love I love stories like that.
1: <laughs> well, and I like the Twitter accounts and the social media accounts that play along with that a little bit, right? Which is one of the reasons I like the Rockies team so much. But can you tell us a little bit about what intrigued you about the opportunity with Marquis and why you wanted to come to Chicago?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, like I mentioned before, I had always just had a fascination and a real appreciation for... The Cubs because they're such a storied franchise, and I think let's be honest: when you think of Major League Baseball, you think of the Chicago Cubs. I mean, they're just one of those franchises who are a stable or a staple in Major League Baseball that everybody knows about. And so, from afar, i had always admired that. And um, honestly, I did not expect to leave the Rockies at all. And then this opportunity presented itself, and I had to step back and. Oh my gosh! Is this something I wanted to do? And and I think the reason why I ultimately decided that it was something I wanted is because I had always loved this franchise. It was a chance to launch a new network, which in in my industry you just don't get to do. Like a lot of people, never will get the chance to do what we just did in launching a network. Um, so that was really cool. And then the people who I got to know during the process uh the behind the scenes people, the Mike McCarthy's, the Mike Santinis, the Mike Leary's, Mike Fox. And apparently Lots yes, only people yeah, we only hire people named Mike. Um but there are more <laughs> people outside of, of the Mike. Um, <laughs> um when I got to know them it just felt like the right thing. And the the ways they were talking about what the the network was going to have access to, what they viewed my role as. Um, it was a chance for me to be challenged and to grow in my career. And so it was kind of a no brainer from that aspect. Um, I think when I was making the decision, the hardest part obviously was leaving family and leaving a situation that I was really comfortable in. But, you know, I kind of live by the model that you never grow in comfort and you kind of have to challenge yourself. So that's what I did. And I'm just so excited to be a part of Marquee and and to work closely with the franchise and to be able to talk to people like you. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been great.
1: Well, you know, it's funny that you're talking about the different opportunities. I can already see in the marquee broadcast, some of the ways they're highlighting the players with them being mic'd up and some other things. I wanted to give you a shout out during this episode. I was, uh, I had the game on the app at work while I was working earlier today. And that interview with the fan who was like, just <laughs> <laughs> enthusiastically yelling and chanting,
0: who would like move down to the front row it was so good. I was dying. Thank you. Well, that was so fun. And she was great. She played right along with it and she was, she was hilarious, but just stories like that. Um, I hope that I can bring that to the broadcast regularly and to help everybody you know, I feel like we love sports because it, you relate it to your life, and you want to relate to people who are obsessed with the Cubs like you are, and and these players. You want to be reminded that hey, they're people too. And Chris Bryant loves, is so excited to be a dad. Like I was excited to be a mom. I don't have kids, but you know, you get my point. Like right, we all we can all relate to each other, and I think that's what makes sports so unique. And um, hopefully, something that I can kind of bring to the broadcast. So I appreciate you. Saying that, um, that was fun day interviewing her.
2: Well, I have to tell you, Taylor, that that gal single handedly made my children so happy because I vowed to never scream at their games ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, now I know what I sound like, and I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> that is so funny. So it's actually funny you say that because so my dad actually played in the NFL. He was a professional football player and then got into baseball, which is an entirely different story. But long story short, I played soccer growing up and he would never yell at my games because he knew as a player what it was like being yelled at and and having people like that and so it's just so funny seeing for the the different perspectives right like oh my gosh I do that like that's what I sound like <laughs> and I'm like I'm I'm the I am the most guilty like I'll see somebody else do something that I do regularly and I'm like oh my gosh I need to stop doing that <laughs> but she was great I thought I'm all for oh. the interaction. Like she was. I was so, but I was
2: like embarrassed for her, but only because I kept thinking, oh my gosh, this is what my children hear. But then I was thinking, <laughs> you know, I was an athlete growing up and I just remember like shutting out my parents. Like when they would scream at me yeah. when I was on the field, I never heard anything they said. But this gal, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I promise, it I'm so hilarious. sorry. I will never yell at another basketball game ever again. <laughs> when she That's yelled funny.
1: out that, Trent Jimbroni was the Italian stallion I lost it at work. My, every person in my office started like was looking at me like are you okay yeah
0: like <laughs> what no is fun. happening oh that I know was it so was fantastic. that was great my my producer's like all right you got to go interview this girl and I'm like a hundred percent oh it. what if JD were having a time with her too they were cracking up like I know <laughs> she, 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 she she made like it fun ball. honestly Some of the spring training games, they just are so long sometimes. And, and I'm like, that was the perfect, she was, she was great. It was the perfect way to spice up the, the broadcast.
2: So speaking of all of that, I want to get a little bit more of an inside look on what your preparation process is for a day like today, because spring training, you almost feel like anything can happen and you have to be ready for that. I mean, this is like your spring training too. We kind of talked about that last week. So what does it look like for you getting ready for today? And obviously you had a lot of new people to get to know and, you know, a new team, a new environment. So what does, what does your preparation process look like?
0: yeah so my preparation for a game during the regular season will definitely look different than it does for spring training um because just the way that the days are set up for the players is totally different um down here at spring training the clubhouse will be open in the morning from eight to nine and then they'll go do some workouts and then head over to the field Well, half of them will head over to the field um if they're playing that day and so um i have been sometimes not every day kind of depends on where we are like today we're out in Goodyear which is about an hour away so I didn't go into clubhouse because they shortened clubhouse um because the trip was so far um I didn't go there today but usually I'll go into the clubhouse talk to guys um and really for me right now it's just building the relationships with the players and having them get comfortable with me and you know being around and being that face in the clubhouse that they know that they can trust me and just building that relationship. Um, So I've been doing that a lot. Um, And then to just kind of finding fun things that we can talk about that day, which as the season goes on and there's more stories that are baseball related, if you will, um, my preparation will will change a little bit. In, In spring training, things are still pretty light in terms of, you know, I'm not gonna be evaluating Anthony Rizzo's numbers this early on because they really don't mean anything yet. And, um, but you know, in game 60, they will mean something and we can evaluate that and try to figure out what's going on or what it, you know, what's not good or bad, you know, like what's happening and stories that we can kind of get from that. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of the overall view of, of what I do right now, just kind of building relationships with players, figuring out fun things that we can talk about and then Um, Going to the field, meeting with my producers, and then getting down to the field, and the game starts. So it's pretty laid back right now. Like I said, that will all change kind of once the season starts. It'll just get a little bit more, I don't know if intense is the right word, but a little more hands-on probably with, with the game and breaking down different things. Sarah, did you get a
2: chance to see who she got to interview yesterday? I did. I, I was on for that. And I, I
1: tweeted about it. I, I'm thrilled to now know that Wilson Contreras loves rodeos or not rodeos, roller oh, coasters. God. I'm thinking of the Mason Saunders thing story from last week. Still people uh, loves roller coasters <laughs> and has a favorite roller coaster. Wilson is my favorite. It's kind of a thing. Um, okay.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. This, he's is great. My,
1: <laughs> this is my like, you know, a couple times a week, I just have to remind people that the Cubs have the best hitting catcher in baseball and we should it's appreciate huge. that
0: <laughs> and for it's not sure. <laughs> and and it's just so great. I I was actually having dinner with the scout the other day, and he because he was I was talking about evaluating catchers because um, I just think it's really interesting looking at the difference between minor league catchers to big league catchers. And I was like, you know, what separates it? And he's like, if if a guy can play good defense, he's a major league catcher. If he can hit, he's an all star, which is exactly what Wilson is, right? Yeah. I mean, you just don't see that offensive production from a catching standpoint, um, and he's done that, and it was cool in that interview just talking about the way he challenged himself in the offseason. Like, he's a back-to-back all-star, and this was the first year in his career where he didn't take time off because he wanted to get better, which is so cool. I, I love I love that, like not getting complacent but being like, okay, I'm good, let's get better.
1: So I told uh, I I relayed this story in one of my first articles ever for BCB. It's still one of my favorite pieces. Um, but Carrie Muscat, he used to be the MLB reporter for the Cubs, did a story on Wilson Contreras years ago, and she wrote about how he was how he was signed basically in Venezuela, and 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 it has always informed my understanding of him as a player. It's probably the moment that I like fell in love with him as my favorite player. Um, But he, you know, when he was 16 years old, he went to this tryout in Venezuela. The Cubs saw him, they liked him, they signed him that day. And the next day, there was another tryout about 200 miles away. And the first person in the dugout was Wilson. And the Cubs scouts were like, You don't need to be here. You already have a deal. He's like, I just want to work out. And the next day, 200 miles away, first person in the dugout, Wilson Contreras. And again, he's like, I just want to work out. This happens four days in a row. And one of the scouts says to the other scout, can you go tell Wilson that he can go home? He doesn't <laughs> need to be here. He already has a deal. Aww. And the other scout looks at him and says, you tell
0: him. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, good Aww. luck with that. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's Wilson awesome. He just yeah, wants to I love play. love it. And he hasn't changed, even being a two-time All-Star. I love that.
1: Right. It's, it's like it. my – it's my whole heart. I'm like, I have a thing for catchers anyway, but that is just – that type yeah. of work ethic and drive – just makes me so excited to see what he can do. And I am convinced 100% that that man has at least one, if not two MVP caliber seasons in him and maybe 2020, who knows?
0: Hey, I'm all for it. Yeah. And it'll be um, interesting to see, I think, how he develops pitch framing because that was something that he challenged himself to this off season. It's something that a lot of people have criticized him for. And he kind of said, all right, I'm going to step up to the challenge. So I am excited to see what he does this season. I agree with you. You know, you just root for guys who love the game and work really hard at it.
1: Yeah, the framing thing is, a. Whole, we could do a whole episode on framing. Andy has heard me <laughs> talk about framing
0: ad nauseum. Well, oh gosh, I think I'm going to have to come back on these podcasts, you guys, because I'm, we have so many things to discuss. Seriously. You are welcome
2: anytime. <laughs> <gonna> say no. <laughs> well, thank this you. I just invited myself, scary.
0: so you can also tell me, no, we don't want to. <laughs>
2: That would not happen, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: no. And this and this is pretty much what we do. It's just us laughing and talking about
0: baseball for about 45 minutes every time there's a series it's, for the Cubs. It's all I do. Anyways, people are like, you laugh so much. And I obviously <laughs> talk about baseball. So we're clearly going to get along great.
1: Yeah, this is going to be outstanding. I'm already so excited about this. Um, you know, moving along a little bit, what is the biggest difference between covering the Cubs and covering the Rockies so far? And were there any interesting moments the other day when the Cubs played the Rockies and you got to see some of your old teammates and colleagues, et cetera?
0: Yeah, that was weird. I'm not going to lie. going Walking past the Rockies dug out into, into the Cubs was, was a little weird. Um, but I just have such fond memories there and, I'm so thankful that they gave me a shot to to work in Major League Baseball. I think the biggest change is just the fandom. I mean, the fandom of the Cubs, we see it. I, I saw it on the other side. I mean, everywhere you go, it feels like a Cubs home game. And people love the Chicago Cubs. And I think, again, that was part of the reason that I wanted to take this job. I mean, everybody wants to be a part of something like that. There's just such a huge following people are so passionate um and it's just on a different level you know there's definitely passionate fan bases everywhere but I think the Cubs they're following is just so massive and they know the fans know so much and they're so passionate and I just that to me has been the thing that stood out the most so far and something that I've loved. It's phenomenal. So
2: I'm glad that you touched on that a little bit because yeah, we we take great pride in the fact that Chicago Cubs fans travel well. But if you look at the NL Central, and I I'm I like this question a lot because obviously I live in St. Louis, so I get to see the Cubs away also. There's a married lot of to rivals- a Cardinals fan. Yes, married to a Cardinals fan. We'll just go ahead and get oh, that out there right geez. now. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, so- It'll be a toss-up, what my three daughters dress in when I see you on April 11th.
0: <laughs> oh, so <laughs> we'll they, they kind of alternate between the two, or do they just do whatever you guys tell them to? It kind of no, depends if I, mom or dad gets addressed.
2: My older two are 12 and 11, so I'm leaving it up to them. And my younger one, she is a daddy's girl, so she'll probably be in Cardinal. So
0: oh, it, it's, my goodness.
2: It's, it's fine, though. I still claim them. It's fine. Um, one day they'll see the light I still blame them. I'm sorry continue no, it's fine <laughs> one day they'll see the light it's okay yeah so, maybe I can help convert them that would possible. be awesome I would appreciate that <laughs> so there's there's a lot of um a lot of I don't even want to say heated. I don't know the right word, but there's a lot of interesting rivalries within the NL central um, Cubs Mm -hmm. included in a lot of those. We travel as fans, as a fan base, we travel very well. You'll see a, a huge contingency of Chicago Cubs fans at all the NL central games that you'll go to on the road. Which park are you most looking forward to visiting within the NL central and what series, not necessarily on the road, but maybe at Wrigley are you most looking forward to?
0: So I had just been in the National League. I had gone to all of the NL Central ballparks with the Rockies, um, and I think my favorite one to go to is St. Louis. I really, you know, I don't want to give the Cardinals fans any credit, but they deserve right. credit. I mean, they those games are intense and they're fun, and and they show up. And so that rivalry, just a from being a part of a Rockies-Cardinals game, seeing how those fans show up, got me so excited for what it was going to be like during a rivalry game, Cubs-Cards. But then also, I mean, growing up watching baseball on a national stage, the Cubs-Cards series are always on national TV, at least one of the games. And so those were rivalry games that I watched growing up. And so being a part of that is so exciting I cannot wait for that Um, that weekend in April it's just going to be so much fun um but then with that being said the Rockies played the Brewers in the postseason two years ago 2018 and that was super cool to see how those fans showed up and that's a really close rivalry obviously because it's drivable for both fan bases and so um I'm I'm excited, equally excited for that one. And I think talking with the players, we've asked them a lot about the rivalry between the Cardinals and then this new rivalry with the Brewers. And the general consensus between the players was kind of like, you know, the Cardinal-Cub rivalry is one that's been around forever, but it's not real. There's not a lot of hate. It's kind of a fun rivalry. It's one of those, you want to beat them, but it's not like, gosh, we hate those guys. But with with the Brewers rivalry, that's a new one. And I do feel like there's more intensity and a little more hate in the rivalry. And I hate to sit here and be like, oh, I love hate. But in a rivalry, I kind of do. I kind of like the intensity. So I think I'm really looking forward to that one as well. So I don't know if I can say, oh, just the cards or, or just the Brewers, but um, both of them equally for a little bit different reasons. Well, Taylor, I don't know if you've heard this
2: yet or not, but Miller Park has actually been renamed this year to Wrigley North. So, (laughs)
0: when you go there, I actually, I actually bought them a new sign. I was hoping that they would hang it for us on opening day. (laughs) 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 I think that
1: there should be a TikTok video for Andy of you offering the Brewers a new sign.
2: (laughs) Yes,
0: yes, maybe that will be my first
2: TikTok. We we're gonna have to make like a scavenger list of all the TikTok videos that we have to make this summer. Oh my
0: god! Yes,
1: yes. Uh, cup of cubby blue scavenger hunt on TikTok. This is a good idea.
0: I love the it. The first order of so business nice. though is I need to figure out how to use the app because I have not yet done that. So
2: we'll we'll yeah. get to
0: that first. You know, for as much as I watched it,
2: you would think that I would know, but I still don't have a clue. I'm just like scrolling (laughs) through things. I have no idea. I don't even know how to like things. Apparently, all I know how to do is follow and scroll through videos. That's it. Okay. I'm going to pause this for one second. We need to take a quick break for our
1: sponsors. But as you can tell, there's lots more with us and Taylor on the flip side. So hold tight and a quick word from our sponsors. Okay, we're back with more TikTok tips and all sorts of other questions and recommendations for the Brewers. Um, so it's pretty early, but you've had a handful of games with the Cubs and you've done a bunch of great interviews. You've talked about some of them already. What's been your favorite Cub interview so
0: far and why? I would have to say the Chris Bryant interview a few last Friday. That was just so raw and so real. Um, I honestly had to throw back to the booth because I thought I was going to tear up a little bit when he started talking about being a dad. It was just so special. And when I came here, everybody was asking me, what do you hope to bring? And I said, I hope to bring the personal side of players out. I want people at home to feel like they know Chris Bryant off the field just as well as they do on the field. And, and I thought that interview, really portrayed that and so that had to have been my favorite it was just so so sweet and of him to show that side to the public and so um yeah I, I think that one had been my favorite her has been my favorite up to this point
1: well you know I thought that was so interesting so one I did tear I was definitely tearing up <laughs>
0: with that one
1: so mission accomplished but also you know Chris Bryan is one of the players that we don't feel like we know as well and so that was just a really poignant moment for me as a fan. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is so great and adorable." It reminded me of the time in 2016 there was a video of him and his fiance at the time, wife now, um, singing like Frozen songs on the couch.
2: Oh my gosh!
1: Oh,
0: and my I God. thought it was that the cutest w- thing. App, what was that app called? Um, I, um, I, it was Bash, I can't Bash? remember. I, I've seen those videos. They, they post them on Instagram. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've totally seen those videos. Um, yeah, I can't remember Dub Smash. Dub Smash. Yes. It's, yes. Yeah, it's
2: very TikTok now. That's very TikTok. I'm just letting you know. I'm yeah. just warning you. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. So basically, TikTok is the 2020 version of what Dub Smash once was. Yes. Exactly.
1: I apologize in advance to all of Cub's social media that I appear to have created a monster
2: with Andy and TikTok. And- <laughs> you actually have no idea. I am I'm stalking your user, your possible username, until you have one. And okay, I'm doing now. I'm telling you, yeah, it, it will be done before on. the episode is online tomorrow. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you TikTok videos like it's going out of style. Well, what's so funny about this is a few weeks ago, you know, and Andy wasn't with us. And
1: so I, Michael Sarami came and joined the show, which was great. Michael did a great job. But Michael made a joke at the end when I asked him for his, like, where people could find him on social media. He's like, on TikTok. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me right now. And at this point, we're just, we're a TikTok podcast, people. That's what we do.
2: So, okay. I'm I'm I'm, (laughs) going to, listen, I'm going to smash the TikTok thing right now, but I'm just going to say this. Michael Shirami's video the other day of Anthony Rizzo's poses is a must see. If you look at nothing else on TikTok, go watch that. It is hilarious. I mean, okay. my my daughters were like crying. They were laughing so hard. It was, it was, it's great. Michael is awesome, but this video is really <laughs> funny. Um, before I we do that. So- oh, sorry, go ahead, Taylor. No,
0: I just said I love it. I love it.
1: <laughs> um So before we move on to some general baseball news and what is going on around the league and just kind of talking through some things, I'm just curious, Taylor, you've done the spring training thing a lot. Uh, What's the mood like in Cubs camp this year? There have obviously been some really big changes with David Ross on board, with the new network, a whole bunch of other stuff. So what's the mood like to uh, bring those of us who are not in Arizona into Cubs training camp?
0: Yeah, so I have not been here the past few years, so it's hard for me to compare what it has been like in the past. But I have asked players do that. Um, guys who've been around. I'm like, how does this compare? Because I wasn't here, I don't really know. And people said, you know, there's there's just a lot of excitement, um, which is great to hear. And I think people are there's a little bit of chip on their shoulder that There isn't that people don't believe this core group of players can win um, because this is the same core group that won a World Series. And I think they're kind of sitting there like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? We're still a good ball club. Um, And so I think that excites players to go out there and prove that. And with David Ross, the thing that I believe bringing to the clubhouse the most is just a winning culture and having a mindset of everything you do needs to be about winning. You know, what do winners do? That's why we see John Lackey, Ben Zobris around and those guys are proven winners. And so they can instill that. And so I think they kind of have that atmosphere. Let's be excited. We can build upon what the success that we've had and also just like get back to the the winning mindset of everything that we do should be focused upon that. that I,
2: I'm glad that you brought up John Lackey and Ben Sobrist. What has the feeling been around those two? Because obviously those are two names that have meant a lot to this organization. So for both of those two men to come back and be involved in some capacity, and it's not really nothing has been said there. I haven't really heard any rumors or anything like that, but what is the feeling around those two been like? Well,
0: I actually saw Chris Bryant right after he had just seen Ben and he was like, man, that was so great to hear an old voice. Apparently he walked in the clubhouse and he just heard Ben's voice and and he was so excited to just reunite with an old teammate. I mean, those are guys who have been through really awesome times together. So I think you know, seeing them, it brings back really fond memories. Um, And so that's kind of the general consensus is just, you know, they're brothers. And so it's great to see a brother. It's great to see family. Um, And I think it really lifted, not that the mood needed to be lifted, but it it just lifts the mood when those guys are around. And so, um, you know, you might not have heard any rumors, but there was definitely some rumors started on Twitter that maybe Ben Zobrist was trying out for the Cubs. I can feel um, that's not, that's not true. <laughs> so I don't know if you believe that obviously you didn't because you, said you hadn't heard any rumors, but that was kind of like the one thing that we were, we were kind of laughing at, like, you know, he, he could still play, but he's definitely not going to be in a, in a cubby uniform.
2: I was going to say Taylor between you and me, are, are either of them going to be on the coaching staff?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish I had the answer for that, but as far as, Everything David Ross has said, the answer to that is no, but we can't expect them to be around because like I just talked about, Rossi talks so much about just instilling winning into everything that this team does. And those guys are proven winners. And so anytime you can bring a guy like that into the clubhouse, it's a it's a good thing. And so I think we will see more of those guys around and then other other guys like that.
2: Well, that's amazing, and I know that there's a lot of people that are very happy to to know that they're at least around camp, and I tell you what, just to see John Lackey's Pearly Whites again, I was pretty happy. <laughs> right. I love John Lackey so much, it, He him <laughs> being
1: around, so like as, okay, so I lived in Boston for six years, um, oh, and so I had Boston Lackey. Like And then he became Cardinals Lackey, and I had to, like, not like him for a little bit, and then he became Cubs Lackey, and I could like him again, so. You like him again. Great. (laughs) Lackey's the guy you love if he's your guy.
0: So who, so, Andy, who's your favorite player? Oh, geez. What? (laughs) I was not ready for that. Um, I know. Sorry. I'm throwing (laughs) questions back
2: at you. It's all of a sudden, all of a sudden I got really hot and my pits are sweating. I don't know who to
0: answer. (laughs) Um, I would say Javi Baez. Javi Baez is my final answer. Okay, so we got Wilson Contreras and Javi Baez as the favorites amongst you two.
2: Got it. It's, it's so close, though, because the Brizzo show, like, can I love Javi Baez and then Jalen jo- love the Brizzo show, too? Like, can that all be? Like, oh, absolutely. I think okay, everybody good, good.
0: loves the Brizzo show. I mean, come on. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was ridiculous. ridiculous.
1: The other day was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in professional sports.
0: It was phenomenal. It How I was- great was that?
2: Seriously, I wish was, we could yeah. have that show, like, on a regular basis. Like, I know. Once a week me, for an hour, too. it would – yeah, i watch it. Like, oh, gosh. I know. I'd be oh. – It was
0: – yeah, so cool. And just the – I mean, I'm assuming you guys watched the All-Star game last year when – Oh, Mike yeah. – was mic'd up doing the at-bat and Joe Buck gotta talk to him. I mean, that stuff is riveting television. I was – I think I watched that at-bat – back about 50 times because i just thought it was so hilarious it's so much fun so it's great i was well, the
2: watching players... oh go ahead andy no i was just gonna i was gonna bring up the the two words that i'm not supposed to bring up again but i was watching a video on tiktok and it was the... <laughs> when, um... <laughs> it was tiktok owes when... us money for this podcast at i this know point in time.
0: i know seriously free <laughs> advertising <laughs>
2: We are killing TikTok right now. So Chris Bryant was up to bat and all you could hear was <laughs> Anthony Rizzo going, Oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my oh God. Oh my God.
0: I know. That was awesome. It was so good. It was so good. This is, this is what I do when my daughter shoots free throws. I know. Oh my God. Oh my and then God. Oh my when, God. when Rizzo gets up to bat and he's like, I'm trying to do some math in my head. And then <laughs> She's like, I don't know what they're gonna throw. Someone give me a bang. I'm like, Whoa. that was, was that was so great. Was absolutely fired. That was the that greatest was, thing. It was great. So no, what I was
1: gonna say earlier is just that MLB needs to do a better job marketing its players, and this is how you market your players: just let them talk. Oh, let first let sure. them talk. For sure. let them show off. Give Wilson Contreras his Venezuela arm sleeve back. Let people wear whatever cleats <laughs> they want. Let them show their personalities and be fun.
0: I know. I know. I trust me. I'm all for you. I'm very much one of the people who says, quit trying to change our game, market the players better. You know, if, if you were trying to appeal to the to the younger audience, to me, the answer is not in shortening the game by a few minutes. It's about marketing the players better. Um, but I'm not the commissioner. That's just my two cents.
1: <laughs> not, neither am I at, at least not yet but you know one of these days we'll never. not know. yet
2: that's the key word <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, um, going,
2: I wish if, if
1: only it were an electoral process uh, yeah right <laughs> I would totally be great at that um, about things that go around on the league, around the league and different rules changes and all of that type of stuff. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple of these things. One that is specific to Wrigley field that I think is super interesting. So as we covered at Cubs con, the Cubs are going to extend the nets at Wrigley field. They're not extending them foul pole to foul pole. They're going to what's called the elbows, which is like this little bend that happens about midway through the outfield at Wrigley. Yep. You can see it very clearly on, a diagram of the stadium, if you look at it. And I think it's really interesting that for the first time in my lifetime, I actually think in like multiple lifetimes dating back to the early 1900s, uh, the commissioner of major league baseball is going to be deposed on a foul ball injury lawsuit. And the reason that's so interesting is because there's this thing called the baseball rule that is quite literally like you can't sue over an injury from a foul ball, and so the judge in Chicago allowing this deposition to happen is pretty groundbreaking, in my opinion. Um, I, Andy and I are very pro extended netting, but I am curious to see how this lawsuit and this uh, foul ball liability issue works. Because if that changes, that is a that is a massive change for every team in the league.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with you, and I've been all for. The netting because I just know the players' perspective, and I was in LA last year when Cody Bellinger hit a ball and it hit a, hit a young girl, and you could just see the look on his face. I mean, he was just like, "Oh my gosh," you know. And and we obviously saw what happened with Almora last year in Houston, and um, they like players have wanted this so bad for so long, and to me, I'm so pro netting, like you guys talked about. I'm all for them doing the things that they do. But I do think it's really interesting to see what happens with the lawsuit. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know the ramifications, like I think both sides there could be extensive ramifications, but I, I, I am interested to see kind of how that plays out.
2: Well, and I'm I'm curious too. And Sarah, you probably know more of this than I do, but don't we, like when we buy tickets isn't there a whole like disclosure on the back that basically by purchasing that ticket, we're agreeing to not sue. Like I kind of thought that's yes. what all that fine print was.
1: Mm-hmm. That that fine print is totally there. That's what I call the baseball rule, which is like a, so years ago there was this question of like, can a fan who's injured at a baseball game sue for those injuries? And, and the court decision was definitive. It was no, that the fans take on the risk of being in the stands. Um, for that time period. I, I think the reason that that might change, and I have to imagine that's what these lawsuits allege, I'm certainly going to be following the Chicago lawsuit really carefully, is that it's something we talked about uh, when Rob Nyer was on the show, which is that, you know, teams have moved seats in. So seats are closer than they used to be. Like at Wrigley Field, you can see it pretty clearly where the bullpens used to be as premium seating now, right? And players are physically hitting the ball harder than they used to for a whole slew of reasons. Some of that has to do with the ball. Some of that has to do with knowing more about how to hit, hitting strategies, whatever. But So the exit velocities are harder and the fans are closer, which creates a situation where you could revisit that rule and see if there's a reason. And and this is all me speculating right now, people. So this is not like, I have not read the depositions. I don't have access to them. This is just my guess as to how you would make the argument. That Wrigley Field might be liable for a foul ball injury.
2: Yeah, that's really interesting. It'll be it'll be uh, definitely one to follow to kind of see how it all plays out. But man, if that were to happen, that's
1: a that's a groundbreaking rule change um, or a liability change. I guess I should say it's not really a rule as much as a who is liable for what.
0: And for Taylor, sure. it's really interesting. Oh yeah, I was just going to say for sure. And and I always with those types of rule changes, you know, I think it's so hard to measure the trickle down effect because, you know, we kind of make it about a singular issue. But what always ends up happening is that, okay, so let's say that the Cubs or that Wrigley Field ends up being accountable, right? Well, then then how is that going to be tickled down into other avenues? And I don't know what the answer to that is, but it always seems to, in, in lawsuits like this, there always seems to be tickled down effect. And so for me, like, it, I'm just interested to see what, happen. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I totally agree with that. Um, as far as the Nets themselves go, I think we've said on the podcast before, and I'm just going to stress it again for emphasis, like fans will get used to it for the most part. There, I think there's for a sure. very small but very vocal number of fans who are upset about it. I, I don't even notice them. <laughs> I'm behind them. Yeah. yeah.
0: Maybe yeah. that's just me. And and I then mean, when you want to bring your young daughter or son a game and you don't want to have to worry about them getting hit by a foul ball you'll uh you'll appreciate the netting but change is always tough for people right it doesn't matter if if the change is good or not it's sometimes change is hard for people which I get I get it but I think like we've talked about it's a good move and um, I don't think long-term people will even notice.
2: I was going to say I always appreciate the netting in St. Louis when it's blocking a ball from taking off my face. So yes, I, I do appreciate <laughs> exactly. The yeah. Well, and some fans just have an over-inflated sense of how quickly
1: they can react to a ball. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it is for really sure. hard to react to a ball coming at you 105 miles an hour. Oh, especially when you're back to-, to the field
0: and on the phone. <laughs> exactly, and that's the thing is. I think people don't understand that they actually don't pay attention 100% of the time. You know, people want to sit there and be like, well, I'm paying attention. And it's like, well, you know, what happens if all of a sudden someone to your right says, hey, ma'am or sir, and you didn't intentionally take your eyes off the game, but it just happened, and that's when it's not ball team. Like, it's just interesting to me when people are like, well, I pay attention. I'm like, yeah, but these people weren't necessarily not paying attention. It's just things happen, and, and like you said, reaction time is not as good as you might you might think.
1: Absolutely. The other really interesting rule change or issue that is in the news right now, and we we talked about this a second ago with Rizzo joking about needing banks to know what pitch is coming up, um, is how MLB is dealing with the sign-stealing scandal and some other things. So as Sports Illustrated, I believe it was Tom Verducci, had a really interesting article talking about how they are considering limiting the use of video during games and having how teams are using video in the game be "quote unquote seriously policed by MLB security agents. I am fascinated by this and and Taylor, I know you spend more time behind the scenes. This is not a really th- real thing that like fans like us get to see all the time. What do you think of these types of rule changes for limiting the sign stealing schemes that we're now learning the Astros and we'll learn more about what the Red Sox did later, I suppose.
0: Well, absolutely. I think these types of changes need to happen because we've seen over the, you know, everything that's come out, people are abusing the the privileges that they have with this new technology. And, and, you know, there's players in the clubhouse, constantly. I mean, if they're not playing, they don't have to be in the dugout. They can easily run up to the clubhouse, have access to the video room. Um, so it's not that part to me. I, I totally get the need to limit some of that because clearly as the Astros showed, teams are not truthful and um, stuff like this is going to happen. If you continually allow players to have that the access to stuff like that. But to me, this uh, the cheating that we witnessed with the Houston Astros needs to be policed more by the impact that it will have once they get caught because ultimately we've seen it in so many different ways in you know the steroid era this um I, mean, I could talk about other things that have happened in baseball players are going to find a way to get the competitive edge. And that's ultimately what this sign feeling was, is trying to find a competitive edge and trying to find a way to win. And I don't care how much you police the clubhouse and say, okay, you can't go to video rooms or, you know, we're going to shut off all the TV screens so you can't watch the game if you're in the clubhouse or what have you, you know, there's going to be people. They're still going to find ways to cheat the system. I mean, that's just what history has shown us is that, you know, it was the steroids and now it's this and, and so to me they need to be punished and that ultimately i think is what all of these new rule changes in terms of all the tvs and whatnot sure that's great and i do think that needs to happen but the punishment to me is what is going to cause the biggest change because all of a sudden you know if guys find a way to work around what rule changes are made to their access to video or what have you information during the game they're going to find another way to do it so punish punish them for cheating you know i you know i don't know how extreme you need to get but that's where that's where it needs to needs to change in my opinion so that's another hot topic obviously that we could probably talk about for 50 hours but that's kind of my two cents on it yeah we're definitely going to need to have you back
2: Yeah, (laughs) I know. I I know. I was going to say, talk about trickle down um, situations. If this cheating scandal is not like the ultimate trickle down in baseball, I don't know what is. I know, right? Well, and if you think
1: about it, I mean, you know, we haven't heard about what the Red Sox did yet or how they did it or anything like that. But I find myself with a little bit of sympathy for Alex Corey because, as far as I can tell, and it's not just because I am a Red Sox fan in addition to being a Cubs fan, like the as far as I can tell here, the Yankees had a system for cheating and Carlos Beltran gets traded to the Astros and that becomes like the system the Astros use and they improve on it. And then Cora goes from the Astros to the Red Sox and what is he supposed to do?
0: Just not do what he knows their two biggest rivals are doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It, it's Yeah, it's, it, and it's kind of that competitive edge, right? If you have a competitive edge over somebody, you're going to use it. That's just right, the reality that... of the situation. It's kind of like what happened with steroids. Guys felt like, okay, if other people are doing it, I need to do it to com- to ha to be competitive with them. And so that's just the nature of of what happens when somebody does it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm glad MLB is looking at this. I think it's pretty clear that fans are very frustrated <laughs> with the Astros. And where things have wound up. I've I've watched a little bit of uh, Astros coverage through spring training. And they are not a popular club right now.
0: Um, Oh, I know. All of the booze, (laughs) All of the booze.
1: I particularly, I think we talked about this last week, but I'm just going to bring it up again. I I particularly love the lady who, like, bought herself a seat that was in the camera view and was just, like, two thumbs down, booing as loud as her lungs would let her. Uh, (laughs) It's like... That's all this lady wanted, was to be the, the image of booing the Astros.
0: And she achieved it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she did. I'm still talking about it. Like,
0: two weeks later. <laughs> oh, I know. It's um, great. But well, that's, you know, that's one thing that I think has been cool to come out of it. It was, it was so tough for the game to go through something like this. But then you see diehard fans like that, and she wouldn't do that if she didn't care. And so, to me, the silver lining is... I've loved seeing the passion that fans really do have for this game and for it wanting to be played in a fair, fair way. I totally agree with that. And I've also
1: actually liked, you know, the players have come a little unleashed here too. Like I feel like we're hearing more about their real thoughts on this than we do with some other issues. And that's been refreshing to see their takes and what they think of this. And, yeah, you know, Anthony Rizzo came out a week or two ago and was just, adamant he's like this is not something that the Chicago Cubs have ever done and yeah. I was glad to hear that and I was glad that he, it was from him you know the leader of this team yeah
0: for sure for sure
1: Taylor it has been so fun having you on the show this has really been like the greatest thing I, I hope you'll come back we're so glad you're come with back. oh my gosh please <laughs>
0: come back I promise
2: from I will guys... say TikTok like 500 times
0: <laughs> wait what did you say I said oh, I you promise next TikTok 500 I... time 500 times <laughs> Well, <laughs> so hopefully by next, by next time I will have completed a TikTok so, you know, I can relate a little bit because right now I'm just like, gosh, I just feel like I don't even know what this app really is besides the stuff that I've heard people say about it. So, we can have a whole their... TikTok
2: segment when you come back. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome.
1: I can't wait. Uh, Taylor, people want to find you outside of Cubs games on social media. Where can they find you? My handles on both my
0: Instagram and my Twitter are at Taylor underscore McGregor. So pretty easy to find. It's just my name with an underscore in between my first and last.
1: Outstanding. Uh, Andy and I are also fans of underscores. You can find me at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find Andy at BRYZ underscore blue. You can find both of us at at Cup of Cubby blue. And we are so glad to have Taylor covering the Cubs on the field on the New Marquee Network. We will be back next week talking all things Cubs and spring training. Bye.